The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Kelsey Campbell and Morgan Black hanging out with you this afternoon. Jaylen Nye away this week. She'll be back in this seat on Monday. We want to hear your stories, loving the text coming in about what you have conquered. Even if for you, you just, you're not totally about the big hikes. You're not the big overnight into the bush hiker and and coming out the other side, tackling bears, whatever that looks like. But when we're hearing from people, and I'm going to butcher this name, maybe Morgan, you've heard of these mountains. This is, uh, I'm, I'm okay, like the, lo- with it. I'm the local with camper, it. but David DJR Sorry, I couldn't get to this. He was a big talker. Wally Berg, who summited Everest four times. He said, could you ask him if he's climbed Mount Papakitil <laughs> in Mexico and Mount Chimborosa in South America? He has climbed both, and he did so when he was 37 years old. Solo adventures. Wow. To go solo. Either That's of those mountains. Experience. I, I do not. I'm not familiar with either of those mountains. I have not climbed okay. them. They are personally. quite tall. If you have also summited them and know how to pronounce them better, if you want to send those in phonetically, I'll apologize in advance to all of the avid hikers out there. I've done, you know, I, I actually specifically remember going to Johnston Canyon a couple of years ago, and it was my first time, and now I'm obsessed going up to the, battling through the crowds and then getting up to the ink pots, and the world just opens up, and you feel like you are a million miles away from anybody else, and it is majestic. But I was camping at Johnston Canyon's campground right beside the hike, and there was two young guns there, and they came over and asked to borrow one of our hatchets. And I said, uh, so did you do the hike today? They said, which one? Like, we're obviously, we're in the Rockies. I'm like, the big hike. They're like, what? There's many of those. Like Johnston Canyon. He's like, they're like, the ones with the cement and the grading to the waterfalls. They're like, no, we did a real scramble and it took us about nine and a half hours. I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't break a sweat going to the upper falls. Mine was a relaxing hike. It involved paved ways. Yes. That's the kind of hike I like too. Yeah. But it's so cool to hear how people spend their weekends, how ambitious they are. And then you hear about how people are spending their weekdays really trying to make a difference in the world and in their own communities. So excited to completely switch gears. And in studio with us is Casey. Oh, I'm panicking now. Enixon. Got it. Enixon. She's a youth counselor, chair of health and wellness subcommittee with the city of Edmonton's youth council and a third year education student at the U of A. Hello. Hello. How are you? And beside you is Raja McGay. Nailed it. it. Vice Chair of the Health and Wellness Subcommittee for the the Youth Council as well and an event planning student at Nate. Yeah, thanks for having us. This is so exciting for the two of us. It's it's really, really so special getting to sit down with people who are at the forefront of this and you're young and and that's that's not in any way meant to be insulting right but the, often we, we keep we're making decisions for the next generation but instead you're just making those decisions yourself yeah we're, we're uh, spearheading our own futures here uh, we're both 20 so it's really uh, pretty cool for us to be here and to be able to do what we're doing but yeah and uh, one of the reasons we're talking to you is you've put out a survey this week. You're trying to gather as much information as you can from the youth of Edmonton about 
mental health supports and where they're falling short and what services they need. Can you walk us through a little bit about where this idea first came from to, to create this? Yeah, definitely. So um, if you know anything about Youth Council, we do have our like different subcommittees. So at the beginning of the year, we kind of target what, we're, what we want to see uh, to happen in the year that's coming. Um, this project didn't come from us, like from me and Raja myself, but from uh, one of our project leads, Lakini. Um, she kind of spearheaded this project. She couldn't be here with us today, but um, basically it just came as a result of us wanting to address, we all experience, have experienced mental health uh, problems that we have had when we were growing up, but um, it was never really addressed and it's never really been addressed other than the people that talk about it like as a situation that's kind of been be getting better but we don't really see the supports in the city uh being more beneficial for us um but it kind of started out at that i don't know raja do you want to talk yeah absolutely so um basically the way that casey and i started out is we both have a passion for mental health advocacy just because of our personal stories and we wanted to see change and implement that directly and um the biggest thing for me was just the healthcare transition from the child care, healthcare system all the way to the adult care system. So say you're 18, you've been seeing the same school counselor for years, and then once you're 18 and graduated, you're kicked out of the system, you can't go back and see that same person or that same healthcare provider because you're suddenly an adult and you have to go through that whole process over and over again. So we're trying to identify the gaps in uh, the healthcare system in Edmonton when it comes to mental health and how we can better address them and better serve the youth of Edmonton to make it a bit easier on them. Because at the same time of mental health, we're also dealing with school and work and trying to think about our futures as a whole. And for me, coming into it, um, when I was in junior high, I had a really traumatic thing kind of happen in my life, and I had no idea where I could go. I didn't know who to talk to. And uh, for me, I felt like very helpless when I was in junior high, and it kind of transferred in as when I was going to high school. I just didn't know how to deal with a lot of what I was experiencing. Um, but I kind of found my own way, and from there, that's where I found youth council, and I realized that this was a problem in my life, and I had talked to other people and realized, I'm not alone in this and I'm not alone in my struggles, but it's not really being addressed and I didn't know where to go. We hear a lot of times mental health is a journey and it's not something that one day you wake up and you say, I'm better now, yeah. this was great. How did you guys, with your, your personal experiences, how did you bring that to the drive to what you wanted to do with this initiative? Um, okay, um, wow, yeah, so, I think it's more like what, like what you said, it, mental health is a journey and it's, it's something that if you're diagnosed or if you're not diagnosed, you'll be living with it for the rest of your life. And if it's not addressed when you're younger, uh, we find that like when I was like when I was in junior high, it was a huge problem um, and it wasn't addressed. And just seeing that and knowing that if you start... Can, can we just speak in a, a little bit more specifics okay. about what you mean, like what wasn't addressed in junior high? You oh. just didn't feel like the, the information was there about Yeah, like I had was no provided. idea. There was no information and like um, I knew friends that had like attempted suicide and the services that they got were very limited and uh, like it was never addressing classes for me like I had no idea what like depression was what anxiety was uh, until I like looked it up on the internet and I don't think you should have to look it up for you to understand what you're experiencing. Well, you're going down the rabbit hole of self-diagnosis. Oh, yeah, then, and then you like and then you work yourself up you're more. Like, oh my god I mm -hmm. have like this scary disease but it's not right like 
you think you have everything else, but it's it's important to like seek that help and look into what you actually have, but no one knows where to go to get that help. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of the same thing um, as you're going through your own mental health journey, it's not something that goes away. Um, and there may be some times where it feels a bit better or feels a bit worse, but what really helps is how you learn to cope with it. Mm-hmm. And um, a big part of my journey was kind of the gap between my perception of mental health and also like my family's perception of it. So there's that as well because my mom um, immigrated here from the Philippines. So back there, she didn't have a word for depression or anxiety or these mental health struggles that she was feeling. And then once she came to Canada, she realized that, oh, these are the struggles that I'm going to and there's actually help for them. And then I can actually get these resources here because everyone is treated equally no matter what kind of social standing that they're in but we are still finding now that there's gaps with how youth are being educated about mental health the language that's being talked about and um, there's a lot of awareness going on a lot of awareness activities but we need to talk smarter about the way we talk about mental health and make sure we're all treating everybody with the same sorts of treatment and making sure that they're having a positive experience mm-hmm. with health care. You must be thrilled that city council is taking this quite seriously. Oh. Most of the city councillors have weighed in on this, yeah. saying that they, they recognize that there are funding shortfalls. Often this doesn't come from the municipality. Mm-hmm. This this is looking to provincial or, or federal coffers to, to see what that can look like and, and what, what those services would look like. However, they're saying that this is a real issue and they're trying to identify and they're in support. Yeah. But it sounds like this might not just be for to be left in the hands of the politicians, but it might start with talking with the Alberta Teachers Association about what needs to be built into a curriculum mm-hmm. or what we need to be hearing from teachers or or from those counselors that you you might be speaking to at a younger age and they might have to be a part of that transition mm-hmm. period of saying, okay, I've been working with you for years while you've been attending this school, mm-hmm. but here are the supports outside. Or maybe you need more than a school counselor. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe this is time to, to buckle down and, and speak with a psychologist or a psychiatrist or, or how you maybe they could support those conversations with family yeah definitely um just to say like we do we have had a lot of council support in this um i think it's been wonderful especially councillor walters and councillor knack and councillor mckean have been really uh, amazing in supporting us in this project but i think you're right like it definitely does need to start uh like within the schools and uh, we have actually met with the edmonton public school board uh their mental health committee and we had talked about like our survey and like they had given us some advice on it um because we originally wanted to implement into schools but then we figured out it might have been better to (laughs) implement it through like the community base so that we could reach a huge more a bigger demographic yeah and um basically it's really beneficial to start with the schools because that's where the kids are that's where they spend most of the time really sometimes even more than at home and so having that conversation with EPSB we want to extend that to um, just the other school boards as well like the Catholic school board and other schools around yeah and just really making sure that they're involved in the conversation that we're having about how we can help support all youth 
because at the end of the day, we don't want to bypass this, the school boards because they are a huge part of, of supporting students and their mental health. And like for me, um, like in school was one of the only places I had support. Like I definitely had my dad, but I listened more to my teachers because I just, I saw them all the time. And uh, so I think starting in the schools and, and really driving it in and, and getting the support from the schools in this is like a very important step for us. We're speaking with Casey Enixon and Raja McGay, uh, both advocates for more mental health support and funds for university experiences and just taking care of your mental health. We're going to have more coming up in a bit, talking about the connection to substance abuse and a little bit more about their own personal experiences. Kelsey Campbell and Morgan Black sitting in for Jalen Nye this afternoon. Sitting across from us, Casey Enixon and Raja McGay from the Subcommittee Health and Wellness of the City of Edmonton Youth Council. They're doing incredible work trying to tackle mental health in in Edmonton and specifically how we need more funding more services for youth. and the connection to mental health obviously is not just one thing there's a lot of issues that kind of come into play when you're when you're dealing with things like anxiety mm -hmm. depression Casey you mentioned substance abuse is a big issue as well yeah definitely um, we have been working on our health and wellness subcommittee this uh, term with an opioid report that will be going to council as well this year um, but we found a huge correlation between mental health and like turning to substance abuse, whether it be opioids or alcohol, um, drugs of any kind, like it's a huge correlation because many youth are struggling to figure out how they can cope with it. And they think the only thing to to, that they can turn to is, you know, drugs or alcohol. And it's, it's really horrible and hard to see that this is like the only thing they think that they can turn to. Right now you're both in post-secondary yeah. education. Are there conversations not happening about the opioid crisis? Like the fact that youth are turning to it is shocking. Yeah, no, when we it, know the dangers. It's crazy. Uh, like there is conversations, obviously, but I feel that without the education that like many like youth need, it's like a last resort, and they feel they don't know who to turn to. So turning to opioids is like what they feel is like their only, their only choice, and it's it's horrible. Like these conversations are happening, and you, there is a huge. Uh, advertisements for the city focused on opioids but there's nothing specifically targeting youth uh, addictions and that's what we're working to do too as well how to have these conversations with your your kids your teens and the goal of this survey yeah. is where we'll go next always incredible when you get to speak face to face with the people who are trying to change the world Casey Enixon and Raja McGay are members of the health and wellness subcommittee for the city of Edmonton's youth council these are the youth getting their hands dirty at the ground level trying to improve the state of the services and funding for mental health for youth in our city ladies when you launch this survey you immediately started to get responses. Already almost 400 responses. Yeah, the response is pretty crazy so far. Um, we've gotten a really wide range of kids and youth responding from 13 all the way up to 24 and up because we do also have that up demographic if we want to get input from teachers, healthcare providers, their parents. Um, but the youth perspective is what is really interesting to us right now. So right now we have about 350 responses and our survey's only been 
launched for about a week and a half right now. And it'll be runs till the end of June. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah. where can we find the link to that survey? We have it in our article on globalnews.ca, but yeah. how can we, what's the clear cut way to get there? Uh, if you go to cuic.ca, so city of Edmonton Youth Council.ca, uh, the, the link is right on the front page. We also have applications open for our council if any youth out there watching want to come join us. But uh, right under there is where our survey link is, so you can go right there. Casey, one thing that jumped out right away was that you said you just felt lost when you were dealing with some anxiety and you weren't even sure how, what to call it. You didn't know how, how to identify what you were going through in junior high. Yeah. What, what advice do you have for parents that are listening right now saying, I don't even, how do, I, I don't want to convince my kids that they've got something wrong if they don't, mm-hmm. but how do, what would you, what do you wish your parents or teachers had talked to you about at that time when you really started to feel like you were struggling? So with me, um, I ha- my mom actually struggled with a lot of mental health issues, and that's kind of where it uh, launched for me because I was trying to deal with her mental health issues, and it got really serious when I was in junior high. Um, my dad was super supportive, but I was a stubborn 14-year-old who didn't want to listen to my father. But the advice I would give like, is to any parents out there is literally just to like be open with your kids and let them talk to you like my dad was always so supportive and like he he knew I would like when I was getting older uh he told me like if you're ever in trouble to call me like I don't care if you're like drunk or anything if you're in trouble call me like I just want to support you and having this open relationship with my dad was literally the only thing that saved me um but you gotta just like it's hard to understand what your kids are going through and you may not but if you're open and become a supportive member for them and they feel comfortable talking to you, it'll change everything. Like, that's what changed for me, so. We see headline after headline saying that depression and anxiety are running rampant and they paint the brush of it within millennials, within that generation. Do you think that does more harm than good when we're, we're basically saying an entire generation is burdened by something? Yeah, well... Um this generation of youth in particular, they're a lot more engaged, they're a lot more active, but they're also dealing with a world that is making decisions for them. And we're trying to find a way to get youth to feel like they're being understood by the people around them as well. And it can be really overwhelming for them to see certain things in the news or hear that they can't do this or can't do that. But uh, really keeping that open relationship between them and the people around them is what's most important and making sure that they don't lose hope or that feeling that they're resilient to whatever situation comes their way. Thank you for coming in today. Yeah. Definitely. Thank you for having Thank us. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's Casey and Raja. They are members of the Health and Wellness Subcommittee for the City of Edmonton's Youth Council. If you're an educator, if you're a parent, if you can pass the link on to your child, just give them the opportunity to weigh in. You just go to the City of Edmonton website and click on Youth Council.